The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So, good morning. Today we're going to uh, we're going to talk about community a little bit. You know, it's uh, it's always a bit of a challenge when um, I get invited to speak here on a Sunday morning. Um, what's happening at the beginning of the week could be totally different than what's happening at the end of the week. So you never know exactly uh, where to go with it. But uh, one thing that I know for sure is that we all miss each other. We all want to be in community together. And that's, uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about today is how do we rebuild these communities that uh, are so precious to us? And how do we build new communities that are even better and stronger than we had before? And it seems like uh, already that this pandemic has been with us for quite a while. We had um, we started with COVID one, which uh, for me began when um, the Nuggets were playing a basketball game on March 11th. They were part of a doubleheader on the NBA, and I was watching that game. And when it started, you know, people were talking about the virus. The announcers were talking about it, but uh, nobody really had any idea what was going on. It was kind of a background thing. And then during the first half. A guy from one of the teams that was going to play next out in Utah, and all the fans were there and ready to go, one of their players came down with the virus, and everything changed. They decided to shut that game down, send all the fans home. They had pictures of all the fans just leaving things, people with their beers in their hands walking out, and uh, it just changed. And then when the second half uh, of the game began with the Nuggets and the Mavericks, they were kind of going over here, but the world was unfolding. And the NBA said that they were going to shut the whole thing down. And then they're going to shut down the NCAA tournament and hockey and baseball and everything just kept falling away. And by the end of the week, pretty much we were all shut down and we were all inside. And we didn't really know what was going on, but what we knew was we were all in it together. That was... That was our phrase. We were all in it together, and we were going to hunker down for about 10 weeks, 12 weeks. We all stayed in, and we were in it together, and the people who were taking care of us and the people who were taking care of people in the hospital, they were our heroes, and that was COVID-1. We could see the numbers dropping. We could see it. We could see that it was working. So then we began COVID-2. Let's open the bars, let's open the restaurants, let's get this party going again. Be careful out there, let's roll. And then as that began, we could see that the numbers were going up. People were starting to get a little bit angry about a lack of freedom and that whole thing of we're still in this together, we're all in this together, that kind of went away. And that was COVID-2. And now we're moving into COVID-3, which is... All four major sporting events going at the same time. All four of our leagues going at the same time. Today, the Indianapolis 500, which usually has 350,000 people, is racing with no fans. And we're all going back to school. I like to think that our children's education is being interrupted by their education because something else is going on for them now. They're living through this amazing, amazing time. So this is, this is COVID-3, and there's just such an incredible level of uncertainty. But we will move into COVID-4. We will. Where we will learn to work together, we will learn to play together, and we will get through this. We will. And we'll come out stronger. 
So that's what I want to talk about a little bit today is how we get our communities back together, how we make our communities stronger, and um, how important they are to us. I think that we all can feel how important community is. Just to have a few people in the room with us today is such an amazing thing. When we come in here, the musicians and the ministers on Sunday morning, it's just so good to see each other, even over our masks. But we miss each other. We miss the sense of community. You know, one of my all-time favorite authors is a minister named Harry Emerson Fosdick, who lived in New York City in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. He was... Uh, very famous on the radio, great writer. Those of you who have taken my Bible class know how much I refer to him in my Bible class as well. And I was reading one of his sermons a couple of weeks ago about, about community and community in his time. And he was talking about, you know, the late 30s and the early 40s and um, the things that were going on then. And he was talking about how it seemed like the culture was so divided by economics and politics, racial issues, economic issues, geographical issues. And it sounded kind of familiar to me, a lot like the world that we have now. And it really resonated with me that he was talking about, from the perspective of being spiritual people, that probably the most famous prayer that we have from the Bible is the Lord's Prayer. When someone asked Jesus, how do we pray? He said, pray our Father. He had just told his followers that when you pray, do it in private. You don't have to pray in front of other people. Go into the closet, be out by yourself, and say this, our Father. Not my Father, not I, me, or mine, but our Father. We're all in this together. Our daily bread, our debts, our debtors. And he was a great proponent of religion being open and moving beyond our denominations so that we might embrace each other and see the sameness, see the oneness that we have and to put our differences aside and build better communities. And he had gone through a, a pandemic as well, much like the one that we have. And he talked about his time in New York City then and how people were close together, but building community was still their important thing. And something that really rang with me is he said, we want physical health for ourselves, but that is no longer an individual matter alone, but a communal matter. Epidemics know no boundary lines. We can have health only if the community shares it. And I think as we move forward in our time together here, it's important for us to remember that we are still all in this together. It's important for us to do the things to keep each other safe as well as keeping ourselves safe. We're working on that so hard here at Mile High Church to make it safe for our people to come back together here, to be in this room together for our children to come back, to keep our precious preschool going, and to have our children back here on Sunday morning. And this is a community effort of conscientiousness and consciousness to bring ourselves to this task of keeping each other safe. We are all in this together, still. You know, I was up in the mountains this week 
uh, up in Winter Park and hanging out a little bit with our oldest son. And uh, they had signs in front of all the restaurants and all the coffee shops that said, please wear a mask and help us stay open. That's a community-minded way to think about things. That as we move through this thing together, we have to see each other and see the importance that community is and be a part of it. Another thing I wanted to talk about today as we move into community is that uh, we can do better. We can do better. As anxious as I am to get this community back together, I want us to come back even stronger, more powerful, more conscious, more aware, more a part of the culture that we find ourselves in now. You know, I came here many, many years ago now. Um, and I can remember the first time I came, I, uh, Stephanie and I, my wife, we had just been married a couple years, but uh, we were living in separate places. We were separated. Didn't look too good for our marriage hanging together. But she, uh, she invited me here and said, um, you know, I, I, found this, uh, I found this weird church. I think you might like it. So, uh, so I came and checked it out, and I was really surprised by how much I liked it. And... Uh, you know, it's interesting that Kent was playing here then the first time I came so long ago, and uh, we became such good friends and um, have made so much music together, and I resonated to his music the first day, and also what I resonated to was the message. There was a minister here named Dr. Fred, and um, he was funny, which I really liked, but he said also, uh, I know you people make a lot of mistakes, because you're just like me, and I thought, Wow, it, it appears that he's just talking to me, but he wasn't. He was talking to uh, everybody, but I resonated with that. I can do better. I can do better, and I think that that's a lot of what our community is about, all our classes and the work that we do, to work on ourselves so that we can bring ourselves into community in a better way, in a stronger and more conscious way. So that's what made me stick around here, the idea that I could do better. And it helped us put our relationship back together. And then when we had kids, I thought this would be a great place for our kids to grow up. Let's build this community. And we met other parents who had young kids. And we created more stuff. And we, we built camps and choirs and playgrounds. And finally, this school that we have here. And just this community continued to grow and to expand and to get better and stronger. And it felt so good to be a part of it. It really did. And that's what I think is, is so important now, you know, with our classes and to, uh, to keep growing and to keep learning and to keep seeing how we, can, how we can be better and we can do better. And that idea really resonates with me now as we're moving into another level of community. You know, I've never thought of myself as a racist or a white supremacist or anything like that, and I still don't. But I'm studying about it now. I'm reading about it now. I'm working in a small group with our ministers here so that we can do better. We can do better. We have inherited this generational sin. And it's time for us to do better with it. And that's the work that we're going to be about. And I love the idea of coming back into community stronger, more aware, more open, more present, more willing to see each other. We are in this together, and we can do better. 
You know, Maya Angelou said something that really resonated with me. Do the best that you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. That's what I'm working on now. And I hope you'll join me in that. We are finding ways to expand in the way that we think here. And we have study groups. And we are working on ways that we can be more open. That we can invite more people in here. And that our communities can reflect the community that's around us. And that when we move out into the world, we are going to make a difference. We're at such an incredible time right now. In such an incredible time. Our education is taking place right now too. So another thing I wanted to talk about is leading with empathy. Empathy is, uh, has been described as... Um, kind of walking in somebody else's shoes for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I've been teaching Love and Logic parenting workshops here for over 25 years now. And in every workshop I teach, the main concept that I'm talking about is empathy. The main thing that I'm working on with parents is empathy. Can we be compassionate and understanding with our kids, even when they make mistakes, even when there are consequences on the line, even when they've really screwed up? Can we lead with empathy? And it's really resonated with me over the years to see how important that is in all of our relationships, to lead with empathy. And I'm going to be doing my first Love and Logic workshop online coming up in a couple of weeks. I have no idea how that's going to go, but I'm excited to do it. And I know teenagers right now are trying to unhook their parents' Wi-Fis so they won't be taking this workshop. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And the idea of empathy, it's not weakness, it's strength. It's how we learn, how we grow. So many kids here have been, uh, have been raised in this container of uh, love and compassion and openness. And I see them come back here. And I see the difference that they're making in the world, the way that they have broken through ideas and, and have really come to a place where they want to serve, where they want to be a part of a larger picture. And I think as we move forward out of this time that we're in now, as we move towards COVID-4, it would serve us to lead with empathy in our conversations with people that we don't agree with. You know, we are ramping up into this election time and this idea that it has to be so contentious. We don't have to be that contentious. We can listen, we can be open. Even when we disagree, we can be civil and we can lead with empathy. That's what I'm encouraging us to do right now. And the last thing I wanted to, uh, to talk about a little bit was uh, going deeper. Going deeper. You know, this is such an incredibly unique moment in time that we're in. And there's an opportunity here for us to go deeper into our hearts and into our relationship with God. And it's interesting that for a lot of us, even though we may be stuck at home and even teaching at home, doing our work at home, we have a tendency to be busier than we were before. So when I'm talking about going deeper, I'm really talking to myself here, but I hope you'll join me. 
there is an opportunity for us to deepen our relationship with God, to use this time to go deeper in our practice, to ground ourselves in principle, because there is so much uncertainty in the world now. There is so much uncertainty about what's going to happen next week. But we can be certain about one thing, God. God will be there. And when we drop into our prayers, when we drop into our meditations, when we slow ourselves down, when we feel the presence of the living spirit alive in us, when we go deeper, there is a great gift for us there. Paramahansa Yogananda said this, and you knew I would say something about him. Perseverance is the whole magic of spiritual success. Keep a daily appointment with God. Keep a daily appointment with God. Even through all this, through all that we're going through, God's radio is always on. We've got to tune into that frequency. We want to take this opportunity to go deeper. As we move into our communities, as we open, as we open in a way that is available to us now that's maybe never been available to us like this before. We can see the whole world unfolding. We can see this social change in front of us. And we can't turn away from it. And that deepening with the living spirit brings us to a sense of oneness, that we are truly all in this together. We can be kinder with each other and still maintain our strength it comes from God, it comes from within. And we are all connected with the one soul, all of us. We share it. So we have an opportunity now to share the way things work, the way things run. You know, Tom sang that beautiful song, that's just the way it is. We have an opportunity to change the way it is. And I really believe that's what God wants us to do. I'm going to close this morning with a, a quote from Marianne Williamson. The only way to gain power in a world that is moving too fast is to slow down. And the only way to spread one's influence wide is to go deep. The world we want for ourselves and our children will not emerge from electronic speed, but rather from a spiritual stillness that takes root in our souls. Then and only then, Will we create a world that reflects the heart rather than shattering it? So let's go deeper. Let's go deeper right now. Let's fall into our hearts for a moment here. And open to the presence of the living spirit right here where we are. I know that there is a power, a wisdom a divine intelligence that is alive right here. It is alive in all of us. And as we find ourselves in this time of uncertainty, we look to opportunity. The opportunity for us as individuals to grow and to learn the opportunity for us as a community to be more open, 
to live our principles right out loud. The opportunity for us as a country to share this incredible gift of democracy. As messy as it is, how beautiful it is. So we commit ourselves this day to go deeper, to keep our daily appointment with God, to bring ourselves out into the world with a connection to something so big, so beautiful, so mysterious, so alive. This is what we're up to. This is our work. This is the gift that is available in this time. Invite us to open to it now. Whatever happens next, wherever we find ourselves next, God will be there. Know that. Feel that. And know that you're loved. And we are all in this together. So it is. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.